Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks everyone to come into the enterprise check. So I'm so glad that you come here like, at, the, at the first section of the day. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm Kenny, solution architect from AWS China. Uh, so I'm uh, Colin, I'm the uh, vice president of Evision. So today uh, I'm coming here to, uh, show, to tell you the story about how we leverage IoT plus cloud to enable uh, digital transformation for uh, enterprises. Uh, today we, are, we will go through a story like talking about what kind of challenges we are going to face for enterprises and how IoT actually will uh, put value uh, for the enterprise uh, uh, trans digital transformation and uh, we could get into some of the uh, details about the use cases uh, in, in China especially and globally. Um, in my section, I will introduce uh, how Evision leverage AWS service to build a security model on AWS and uh, share the tips when you want to deploy Citrix on AWS Beijing region and SAP migration use case. Okay. Okay, we take Thanks, it uh, from here. So for the first part, uh, so we talk about uh, new business model first, and then we talk about like uh, uh, IT, the traditional IT migration to the cloud. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks, Kenny. So I will start uh, from the first part. Uh, just a little bit about uh, myself. Uh, so I was the senior director of Microsoft, uh, work, the first generation uh, working on Microsoft Cloud, uh, uh, which is Azure. Uh, after that, so I joined Alibaba. I was the CTO of the retail platform uh, of Alibaba, the uh, e-commerce platform. So the platform actually uh, is the largest one e-commerce platform. I handle uh, every year, handle three trillion uh, RMB, like the Chinese yuan, like a uh, uh, volume of transactions. Uh, so which actually like, support like the highest peak low is uh, more than like, uh, 300,000 per second. Uh, I joined the uh, Evision two years ago. Uh, so uh, uh, since then, I started to uh, work on the IoT platform, uh, which enabled uh, Evisions itself and our customer to do the digital transformation. Uh, that's the introduction about uh, Evision itself. Uh, so Evision itself is uh, an enterprise. Uh, so we are the number eight wind turbine uh, provider globally. So think about that. Uh, so we have like uh, in the past 10 years, we already produced thousands of uh, wind turbine sets uh, in, uh, in, in different, uh, in China and in other countries. So think about that as a hardware provider, as some of you uh, may, may have the same problem. How do you manage your products after you ship it? Like how to do like O&M and uh, make sure that in the, in the warranty, so you are going to do, continue to support your product. The second, business Evision gets into is that we, we become a asset owner. So we use our own turbine sets to uh, become a, to generate power and sell the electricity into the grid. So in this case, so we, uh, so again, right, as an enterprise, you may have lots of asset already, already uh, in your enterprise. So how do you like, uh, manage the performance? How do you do uh, create a uh, how do you like make sure that your operation cost is low and you create a really high ROI? It's a common problem for enterprise. Uh, the third problem for digital, for digital transformation of the uh, enterprise is that, so we, as most of the companies, we are looking forward to new opportunities. So we, today, so we're using technology 
to create a turbine sets, manage the turbine sets, and operate, uh, operate the turbine sets in globally. So, and that is driven by our software. So, we, so actually, we're using software to manage our asset. But we are thinking, is that like the same like technology will be available to enable like other business? For example, do we using the same technology to manage the solar farms? Can I use the technology to manage the transmission and distribution of the grid? Can I use the same technology to manage uh, your home, your, uh, the home, your building, and uh, industrial parks? So that, that's where we can see that like, uh, as an enterprise, we are thinking using digital transformation to create new business value and create new business stream. So in short, so we are facing three problems as, as a company, as an enterprise. First, we are a provider, provider of the hardware. The second, we are asset owner. The third one, so we are looking forward to uh, new business models and create a new uh, in, uh, revenue stream for the company. So from today, actually I want you to like, remember that like, for digital transformation, we need to use IoT. Now why? So in the past, we have done a lot of like, digital transformation for enterprises. So what we have been doing in the past like, 10 or 20 years is that so we digitalize our business processes with, between human being and the processes. Uh, for example, like we're using SAP uh, to, like, uh, we are SAP Salesforce to digitalize our relationship with the customers, our relationship with the sales, uh, our relationship with our employee for uh, HR. So, but the next wave, that has been done for many, many years. Lots of companies have been successful to doing this kind of digital transformation. But the next wave has to be digitalized our relationship with the devices, our asset in the company. That's why we uh, uh, need to use another type of digital transformation using IoT plus the cloud. Uh, think about that, let me give you some context, like in the energy sector. So because we're coming from the energy, from, from the utility, so we know about uh, what kind of challenge we see. So do you know that every year, every hour, actually we are sitting here, there are 2.5 wind turbines are getting connected to the network. There are over 40,000 of the solar panels that also connect to the new, new devices connected to the network, connected to the grid. And, and we, we see it more and more, right? So you can see that like uh, from Tesla, uh, from uh, uh, SpaceX, and from other companies, right? So we are getting new devices, smart devices get into the network also, like the EV like the EV, uh, electric, electric light vehicles, right? Like energy storage, storage. So like the one we are running in the home, like the smart appliances. And all these actually like are smart. They are driven by the connectivity, uh, driven by the intelligence in the cloud. So all these devices actually are connecting to the, uh, connect to the cloud, which generate a lot of business values. Uh, from IDC report, uh, we can see that like, uh, even by uh, even before 2014, uh, think about that. There are 0.06% of the devices are connectable uh, to the cloud. So even by 20, uh, 2014, right? So we can see, but by 2018, next year, the number of devices connected to the cloud will be more than the human uh, population. And every year, the new IoT will generate over. 10, 10 trillion of new uh, G, uh, GDP in US. So as you can see that the next wave, 
like, uh, really important is that so besides the traditional uh, digital transformation, we got to using we got to like using IoT, like the new technology to make sure we connect uh, human connect to systems and also connect to the devices. That's why that's why we like uh, created uh, the EOS on top of AWS. Uh, from here, the, the IoT platform. So what it does is to connect all the devices in the power systems. So what, what the power system is, it is from power generation, like the, uh, for example, like the renewable power generation, like uh, solar farms, uh, wind farms, and connect, or also connecting to storage. But now, so in the past, we don't have like, any storage for electricity. What you can supply is what you can uh, get. Uh, uh, eventually, but now with the storage, the first time we can see that we could have uh, sto uh, we could have like inventory of electricity. So it makes sure that the electricity become a, a commodity, uh, become a become some, something you can trade like with dynamic pricing. So we also connect to the transmission and uh, distribution network. After that, we connect to the demand side also. Demand side, which includes like for example uh, the smart building of this or the industrial park, or your home, or your office. So now, once you're connecting all the devices into the, into the cloud, what you can do? Actually, you could trade, actually, you could trade electricity based on a lot of life factors. And then you could do, uh, you, you also can uh, uh, correlate your maintenance, your operation maintenance with the market. So what we do is that we already connected to over 100 gigawatt of assets. What does it mean, 100 gigawatt? Think about if each of the light bulb in your home is around 20 uh, watt. So that means it's a 50 billion of light bulbs connecting to the, uh, to the network. So in, in general, uh, in terms of like, uh, how many sensors or devices we are connecting to, we connect to like 50 million of devices so far. Uh, we have the project, so as an enabler, of the enabler, we enable uh, Evision itself to do the digital transformation. We also enable most of like lots of like utility company to do the digital transformation. They are ranging uh, from uh, US uh, to Europe and to uh, China and to Asia also. And uh, so here you can see that from here. So I talk about uh, some of the projects we we are actually we are, have gone through, and we will later talk about all the details. Now we are talking about from a, on the technology part. So now we all know that like we need we need to use IoT, but IoT has a lot of implication about technical challenges. So first, let me give you some of examples of the technical uh, technical challenges. Uh, even back to like a wind turbine business, right? So we are not only connecting to as a as a as a owner, you have like as a all over from different providers. Like wind turbine says, you could get like from a GE, you could get from Gamisa. You, had, uh, you could get from uh, Evision, uh, our company also. So now you have like, lots of devices like, in, the, in the field. How do you manage those devices remotely? They are talking about different uh, protocols. They are talking about different data format. So they're using different controls. So they're using different sensors. That's the first hard problem is we have like, so many diversified assets in the field. How do we make sure they could like, easily to get into connect to the network? That's number one. The second one is like in terms of data. Think about data like like uh, if for a human being, right? It's easy to understand the data is standard. Like if I hit a browser and then I I leave a trail of information, right? So uh, Colin like in this time like uh, 
click a button, right? That's easily to be managed by the computer. But in terms of sensors uh, in the field, the first, so there's, uh, they can, the connectivity can be intermittent. So because they are far away, no, actually not, not, not that many people actually can manage the devices locally. So the intermittent of data, you generate some, sometimes you get the data, sometimes you don't have the data. The second one is uh, the outlier. The data quality is really bad. So from lots of, lots of time, the sensor information can jump. The data can jump like, uh, into a really high value and then drop to a really low value. But now what do you do, right? So uh, what do you do with those data? Those are lots of garbage data. So how do you clean the data and make sure they, they could be useful for your machine learning or artificial intelligence later on? The third one is data. They talk about data. Data have different uh, format again, right? So, uh, so we are talking about how to standardize those data. You are talking about, uh, 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 for example, solar panel or your home, your, your washing machine, right? So you have different brands of, uh, of the data. So how do you like, make sure the data could be uh, unified and create a, a standard model for the application developers to manage your devices? That's a really hard problem too. Like, could, could make the standard? Could, could you like to map those data into a standard model? The last like, the question about data is, really high frequency data. Unlike human being, right? You click, you talk, and then you have like, like the most, you have hundreds of inches per day. But now talking about machines, machines can have a millisecond of the uh, measurement. So for high frequency of, uh, of measurement, like you could create like gigabyte of data per day, per machine, per sensor. So that's really like large amount of data. You get those data, how do you process those data? Like in a real time, and you have batch time, like fashion. So you, and they create value. That is the, the big data problem. Uh, the third one is, now we are talking about intelligence. With data, with lots of data, we actually we occupy lots of like, uh, storage already. But if you don't, you cannot mine the value. You cannot do the, uh, the data mining of your data. It's just garbage, right? So we can see that yeah, in, uh, more and more, we can see lots of customers store lots of garbage in their data center. But how do you like, create intelligence from, that, from there? Like, for example, intelligence must associate it with your business values. Uh, the first one could be like operation and maintenance. The second one could be uh, enable trading. The third one could be like combine multiple scenarios all together. So that, those are intelligence. You, we need to think about that. Like we're either using uh, physical models. We're either like, using uh, digital models. So we'll talk about later about how intelligence can arise from loss of like, uh, business values. After, uh, after connectivity, big data, intelligence, right? those are the hot topics, right? Like uh, all over the place already. But actually in the enterprise, we need to focus on the synergy also. For IoT, it's not just a vertical like, information about your machine. In the enterprise, you've got to connect all the devices and make the data into a data lake associated with the, those data. You also need to create like, operation synergy like, of those data. Let me give you an example. Uh, lots of people know about that EV is really important like, uh, these days, right? But do you know that like, for fast charging of an EV, it requires over 40 kilowatt of power. But normally, lots of buildings or, or industrial parks have a capacity limit so once you have like over 20 or uh, last time when we in uh, in the campus like of uh, of one uh, big enterprise so they want to enable uh, uh, their employee to use an EV 
but the, more, the maximum of the EV they can support like to charge at the same time is less than 20. But if you have like 1,000 employees, what can you do, right? So, but how about we, if you create a synergy about this, you correlate multiple systems together, you have multiple choices. First, you probably get a storage like install in, a, in your industrial, in your building. Like when everyone like charging their, uh, uh, their EVs, so we are not, we are not just uh, using the power from the grid. We're also using a storage to buffer the charging. You also can uh, reduce the load of your building. For example, you could uh, reduce, you could lower the, the, the temperature of your building or actually shut down some of the ACs, the air conditionings, or the elevators. The multiple choices you could juggle, right? You can, you can like, using multiple balls, you could handle to create a synergy between those systems. That's the value about IoT. It's not just like doing uh, operation and maintenance. It's about synergy, about making all the parts working together. That's the, the, uh, the information I really want everyone to understand. Like, so we are not just talking about vertical information. Uh, the last but not the least is security. Uh, lots of people uh, understand that like, from the enterprise, security is almost the most important topic. Right? Like, uh, I, I really believe that you, some of the customers or even your enterprise, we talk about, oh, I have really important systems. That's my business. Everything is my business. How, how can I put it into the cloud? Right? It's dangerous and unsafe, at least in the mindset of your stakeholders. So that's why we need to think about that. How do you make sure that everyone understands the end-to-end -end security? It could be, it could be uh, like, I, would put, I still keep my uh, uh, most important like, hardware like outside of the cloud, but I need to bridge the, bridge the uh, from the edge, like the, your on-premise, like data center, to the cloud, right? I could, I could like make sure that all the protection about data isolation, uh, the authentication, and, and auditing about the data. So all this is really important topic about IoT. So we will talk more like, on this topic, like make sure that like, we all understand the challenges in those five uh, key uh, uh, pillars. Connectivity, big data, how to create value with intelligence, how to make sure the data can talk to each other and create an operation, uh, create a new operation, new business models. How do you like, handle security like, from enterprise to the cloud? This is, like, what, like, uh, this is what we, like, uh, create, how we created a solution, IoT solution for the enterprises. Uh, as you can see, that the middle one, the middle big box, is AWS. It provides all the scalability and uh, performance and uh, to uh, to our platform. Like under under the AWS, actually we have an edge component. So we all, uh, if you know about IoT, so probably probably everyone knows about what an edge is. An edge is a proxy. We need to have a proxy to bridge the protocols of all kind of devices to the cloud, and we also need to do edge computing. Uh, for example, the edge can live in your own data center of your enterprise. So they will get the data, and uh, so for example, in the grid, actually it's really, we call it security zone. The security zone need to be in the enterprise, but the information zone could be in the cloud. So the edge actually live in the, in the zone uh, one, in the grid, uh, in the uh, power grid the business. So they will pull the information and, uh, out from the uh, local uh, machines and uh, publish those information to the cloud. And they can get the instruction or demand or the, or the controls from the cloud and using another gateway to, make, to uh, deliver the message to the local, uh, to the local uh, uh, systems, uh, local devices. 
But again, right, some of them some of them cannot be directly controlled. They need to synchronize. They're not direct control. They're using a strategy. They need to create a strategy in the cloud and synchronize a strategy from the cloud to the local. In that case, right, you you don't you avoid you prevent the uh, uh, the threat about be able to direct control your device from the cloud. But you could like create a uh, control your intelligence from the cloud and synchronize those like uh, intelligence to the local machine and ask the local machine to perform the actions on behalf of the cloud. On top of this, right, on like on top of like so now we have the edge. Now we have the infrastructure. We have the storage. Now we, we need to, again, so for data, we need to create a common data models across multiple sectors. That's why uh, in our platform, we created lots of like, uh, uh, data models like, like, uh, following the standard, uh, for example, IEC standard for the uh, transmission and distribution of the grid. So those are actually open for other people to plug in the industrial knowledge into, knowledge into, the, into our platform. After you have like, the standard model, so we, we need to have like, open platform for people to do data processing and also wide applications. That's why we need to create like open SDK and uh, tooling for application to keep uh, for application developer to keep publishing the application into our platform. So once once we have like lots of rich application set in the application store, right? So like in your enterprise also. So your enterprise like ID department or professional services department or your ISV could uh, could leverage those applications, bundle them together, and create a portfolio of uh, business services uh, for your uh, business users. That's how we perceive that. So the key point here is we got to have edge computing. We got to have uh, data models, common data model. We got to have an open platform for application developer to keep helping your your enterprise to building a rich set of applications. So we also need to have a data lake, right? And uh, to make sure all the data will, will, uh, will put together to enable the business value. So that's how our architecture actually enable uh, for, the, for, for the digital transformation. Now let's take a look, like what we learned from the platform, like when we develop the platform, what kind of te technology actually we are using like, to be able to uh, support those technical challenges. The first one is the uh, connectivity. Uh, as, we, uh, as we can see that, like, uh, so if you're using a uh, lots of open platform, you find out every th every time you need to connect to a device, you do a one-off job, right? So which we call business integration in our IT integration in the past. So, but that's that that's kind of ad hoc work. Ad hoc work didn't bring you long-term value. Now in our platform, we develop a library. A device library. It's just like Windows. It's just like Android. It's just like uh, Linux, right? We create those models, like those device models, uh, drivers for your device to be able to plug and play into the IoT platform. That's really important because you keep building the library. Right? So the more of the device that you have, the easier for your device to be plug and play into your network, and enable like your partners or other systems to do the, exactly the same thing. So that's why we, we create like over 3,000 device models already. Again, right, we need to make it open. The device model, you need to follow some standard, like for other like, you know, developers to, to write their driver into the, into the IoT platform. The second one is the protocols. For, for everyone to like, work on device drivers, like, we are talking about industrial like, level of, uh, of uh, uh, devices. So they are talking about different things. Right? For example, IEC 103. IC 104, OPC, right? Uh, there's so many like, different industrial protocols you have. We got to have, like, store the most popular 
like important protocols, adapters into the platform. So when you're writing a device driver, you could just pick whatever already here, right? So for OPC driver, and then you create your own like, uh, configuration for the driver, and then it will talk easily like with your devices. That's why we created like uh, we already like uh, accumulated like over 138 like. Uh, protocol adapters in the platform. That's exactly like the asset, keep building the assets, really important. The last one is we need to have some kind of like configuration tooling for, uh, for users or the configurators to plug in those devices. You could say, oh, you, in my home, I can just scan my barcode, right, to connect, like, to connect uh, one of the smart appliances to the network. Like for the turbines, also in, the, in our portal, right, in a configuration portal, you can specify where's the IP address. Of your uh, of your edge component and what kind of like uh, uh, turbine model you have and then the more the device could directly connect to the network and create value. So that's the the most important thing for the connectivity part. So we need to have like device uh, library for the asset. We need to have like really easy tooling for you to do configuration. After we get the, the device connected to the network, the next is how do you like be able to handle those data. Right, so in AWS, we have like underlying, there's lots of like uh, platform services. You could store the data. But on top of the data, we got to, we got to have like data lake. And we got to have data uh, uh, machine learning like on top of the data. So that's why in the middle, in the middle of the heart for any uh, the, uh, enterprises, we need to have the data lake to get your data. Those data could range from real-time asset data. Like for example, like your devices, your machineries. Those are the device measurements. Your device master data. The second one is like the related data, the context, like the data context. For example, in the energy sector, we got to have weather data. We have like terrain data. Those are related to your devices. Otherwise, without this kind of context data, your device data actually wouldn't make uh, much of a value. The last, the next is you got to integrate your ERP, CRM, your traditional IT systems data with the real-time, uh, uh, with the device data. I'll give you one example. Uh, for example, like, if my device has a problem, right? I can, I can detect a problem from the real-time data stream. What can you do? Actually, it could create an alert. The alert actually will trigger, uh, 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 from SAP, a ticket system, right? A work ticket system. I create a ticket uh, for a human being to, like, to go there to check out the devices. So that's how, that's how you actually bridge like the data from the real devices and your uh, workflows uh, from the traditional IT systems. Like on, uh, so we got to have like end-to-end uh, -end, uh, tooling also. Like first, we need to like, uh, we need to like bridge the difference like uh, from the IoT, the real-time data stream, with the batch like uh, uh, data models. For example, your so lots of data actually coming from your databases, from MySQL and from your Oracle, from your. Uh, 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 other like uh, Microsoft, like SQL Server, right? All the data from other enterprises, we need to have a way to ingest data into the platform. Like, no matter it's real time or batch mode. And we also need to visualize those data easily to do uh, business like uh, exploration. So you can see the data cube, you could drill in the details, you could like do your aggregation, you could do like, uh, 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 like visualization. Like, all this actually related to tooling. We need to like, have like, really smooth tooling. Like from injection to uh, data lake to data mining to machine learning and the visualization, all this are actually on the on the high on the top bar is all about tooling to uh, smooth to make everything smooth. 
That's uh, on the on the on the data part we learned like, in the past. So I give you an example like how IoT, the real time IoT and machine learning, uh, the big data can help. Like that's a concrete uh, use case. Uh, so, like, what what this is about is like in the TND, the transmission and uh, distribution of the grid. So the cable, the cables uh, is really important part. If you get a cable overheat, so we generate an outage of your of your building of of the district it manages. So that's that's why how to predict that like, uh, your cable doesn't have problem. So we need to have like a measurement, a sensor. Like put like besides the ta uh, the cable. Now you can measure what? I measure the I measure the current. I measure the temperature of your cable. All this information are flowing to our IoT through the edge on the left hand side, right? So real time data stream through the edge. The edge actually go into the message bus uh, of our platform, and that will trigger the stream processing. The stream processing part actually will leverage a lot of like uh, prediction models already built from past. So the models actually we could see that like it's coming from the machine learning part, but let's assume that it's already here. Now now the stream like the uh, the stream processing will trigger uh, the models to predict whether the cable is overheat or actually it will be like it's an outlier or there's any problem. If there's a problem it will trigger an alert into the human being like interface. So a human being now it will need to like click, say I send someone to like service my cable. Uh, or it's a false alarm. So this information is again right back to the back to the machine learning part to close the loop, right? So we have the real-time data stored in the historical database with the human being doing the labeling. So this kind of information should flow into uh, the training process to keep uh, enhance our our uh, prediction model over time. So the more the, so we're running the system, the more like with the loss of uh, uh, real-time data, we accumulate loss of historical data, we accumulate loss of user actions of data. So we will make the entire model better and better over time. So that's a traditional like way to do really good way to combine IoT data streaming uh, uh, training, data streaming like alert, like prediction with the with the batch mode to do the machine learning. Uh, for security, so thanks for uh, uh, thanks for the uh, AWS. We have done a lot of like we have achieved uh, infrastructure uh, level security easily. Uh, for example, like uh, we we don't we don't we don't need to worry about physical security. We don't need to worry about network protection protection like uh, protection in this case. So uh, we could later talk about loss of like the security model. How to do a shared uh, security model between AWS and the application. I want to like, focus more on the application itself. So on the application, like we are creating a platform for enterprise, right? That actually the platform itself is an application on top of the AWS infrastructure. So what we think about that, like we need to leverage like uh, uh, VPC uh, to do like isolation about like between the like, clients. So we need to do uh, so how to do role-based authentication. We need to do like a uh, uh, single sign-on. Uh, uh, because and we need to do authorization. How do you authorize other people to using your data? Like for example, you're getting application coming from different developers. So as a customer, I will pick one application to use my data. How do you authorize those data? So we got to have like a really complex like uh, authorization model to allow applications to use a customer's like data. If I'm, uh, if the customer uh, want the application to uh, to be able to read the data. Uh, the, the, the other one is uh, data uh, encryption. 
It's a really hot topic, actually, right? So you don't want to you don't want to impact your performance. Like uh, if you store the data uh, and then you retrieve data from the database, uh, you don't want to like create extra uh, program model, right? So how do you do that? Like so some of the so here like uh, so we uh, we have partners like for example Bayful, like they create a, a library that allow you to do on the on the application side to do uh, data encryption and decryption. Uh, easily without changing your program model. So actually, it intercepts uh, the call into the database and then uh, encrypt the data uh, according to your configuration and then also decrypt the data like, to the application. So you don't have anything uh, you need to worry like to change your, uh, your application programming model. So those are the data encryption uh, can be on the application side and it also can be enabled. Uh, by the by the platform, so we could enable like automatically uh, uh, encryption for S3, for HBase, and other like data store uh, data data storage. Again, right? So operation of the entire uh, platform, actually the logging and auditing is really important. Also, this is how the like, customer trust you. Like you could do incident like uh, res uh, response and uh, based on like uh, all the logging and uh, auditing of your systems. Uh, this is how uh, we leverage like AWS different services. As you might know, we actually we want to be able to uh, take the fundamentals of AWS. Uh, that including like the EC2, uh, the auto scaling, and the VPC, and a bunch of other services. Like this is how we leverage all those uh, components already. Uh, now we are thinking. So besides of that, so we are creating a. a, a Platform on top of a platform. So what you can do, like for other benefits uh, from AWS, AWS has a really good like uh, edge uh, framework we call Green Grass also. So this actually like it could be one of the edge like uh, uh, one of the edge types in our system. So we are talking about some of the edge component like from a battery, for example, uh, from uh, smart appliances. They may not have the Green Grass available, but some of the devices. Can always I like, run the green grass like, framework already, so that we could easily plug in a uh, green grass like enable devices into our network. The second one is like, for machine learning, like we need to like support like, different uh, machine learning uh, models. For example, you no matter using R language or Python, right? Whatever, like so we create an open platform for machine learning, like uh, and but actually as an enterprise, you might want to leverage what AWS already created the. Uh, the machine learning uh, services from uh, from Amazon. So that's why our platform is open to integrate with third party, like any machine learning uh, uh, infrastructure into the into the into our uh, platform. Now uh, now we're talking about like why like why we partner with like, AWS. We started the journey like back to 2013, four years ago. So because we are a global company, we have like clients all over the place. So we are we are not going to build anything like by ourselves to serve like global clients. So that's the first number one benefit we get like from AWS is to be able to reach out to our global customers. So we have like US, we have European, uh, we have Asia customers. So we build, we enable, we leverage like different data centers of uh, AWS to serve our customers for data privacy and for data protection. Right, the, uh, according to the law and regulation, we cannot get the data outside of the local. The local countries. So that's the first one we get the we get global like outreach. The second one is for uh, performance, for uh, scalability. Like all this for cost, we leverage like AWS. Uh, and uh, besides the technical part, 
actually, the, the interesting part for AWS is that so uh, we actually partner with AWS to share our partner network. So uh, we have like partners like uh, from technologies, from uh, ISVs, and also like AWS actually like, have lots of like partner programs. Also, we learned from each other. We share those uh, uh, partners. We we create like we have like <clears throat> innovation day and customer day to share like uh, our technologies all together with those partners. And last uh, but not least, actually we go to market together with AWS. So AWS has lots of like customers, right, uh, ranging from utility, utility, and then to other enterprises. So our major customers are utility companies right now. So we share we share the contacts of our customers. So we could like leverage like we actually from our part we could sell like our applications or or, uh, or the, the entire system easily like with the help from AWS. Uh, now I'm talking about, I want to like, uh, tell you about a few of the customer successful stories to, for digital transformation with the enablement of IoT and the cloud. Uh, this is the client list of our current uh, uh, system, or the NOS. So we, like, including like, the major utility company or the renewable companies from US, Europe, and, uh, and, and uh, Asia. Uh, let, let me get you one, one of the, like, going back to the original thought about digital transforma transformation. Now you have many devices, hardware in your system. How do you manage those devices? The first one is that, like example of CGN. CGN is a, is a really leading company, like manage lots of like, uh, renewable assets uh, in China and also in other countries, like for example in uh, India. So what, what, they, what, what they're doing? So they, they have like lots of like, uh, assets already. Like they have thousands, over 7,000 wind turbines. They have two gigawatts of uh, solar assets. That means that there's uh, millions of inverters, actually. So how do they, if you send people to do like, local management, it's, it's not practical. So what they do is to connect their devices to the user IoT platform to connect all their devices. They're doing central management and control of their devices. They have like central like, uh, 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 reporting of, and uh, performance management of their assets. So from there, the digital transformation for this company actually can reduce over 60% of the cost to manage their assets. That's the first number one, to cut the cost. The second story is talking about uh, besides of monitoring and control, what, what, what can you do with the data? So like normally, right, you improve the performance. You also need to cut the cost about like to do preventive maintenance, to prevent like the loss like in the future. So in the second scenario, it's a China, it's another like uh, uh, utility company in China. So they have like, so they, they actually have like uh, more assets than the CGN we mentioned in the past. They also collected lots of like data already. <clears throat> so uh, if you go, if anything goes wrong for your for your asset, it causes a breakdown of the asset. It will cost a lot of money to stop the stop uh, protection of the asset and do the maintenance. So what we do is, for example, like for bearing in their wind turbines. So we create a lot of data. We're using physical model plus the plus the machine learning model. We're able to like predict a bearing could will break down in six months ahead, ahead of the it really happens. This 16 months actually will cost you just a few hours to do the maintenance in a local, in a local farm, right? So that is a, a cost a little bit money. Actually, save you like uh, millions of dollars in the future. That's how we, that's how we like, uh, so actually in the middle of this kind of uh, case also, like based on the IoT like sense data, we need to put more sensors 
like the CMS, like to the vibration of the, the problematic machines, you to get more data. That's why like, that becomes a millisecond, like a data collection. So we connect, like we could process lots of data to really find out, like for the problematic like wind turbines, it's really the bearing has a problem or other parts have the problem. The number three case is like, uh, so besides our maintenance, we need to uh, generate more value, right? We need to improve our power generation, like the, and our revenue. In this case, right, so in a grid, the more, the more power you generate, the better. But actually, the grid doesn't want you to uh, generate that much if you cannot predict like, your generation like, uh, 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 correctly. So that, uh, and that's, and actually, in some of the grid, they will give you a penalty also if you generate like, not, like, uh, not, not compliant uh, with the uh, regulation. So now, like, IoT platform enable, like, uh, as we said, like the data lake. First, like the, if you do a really like, accurate prediction about power generation, right? Like, you need to get like, the really precise local weather like, measurement. Each of the turbines actually have a map mast like, uh, uh, associated with it. So we, like, globally, we have like, uh, uh, more than like, uh, uh, 10,000 of the map mass weather station to collect those data real-time. You get the real-time data, your data streams, right? So, but you also need to know about the, the device status. If the device has a, is, has a problem, so actually you it cannot generate that much energy. So you need to know about all the sensor information to do an accurate prediction also. Besides that, we need to get the data like coming from the context. We're talk, talking about context, right? Like, so for weather data, so we get the data from NASA. We get the data from other satellites also. This kind of data will enrich our context to create really good like, prediction. So now you combine multiple data sources all together, and you need to, like, uh, uh, for prediction, we need to select like, multiple features also. We could have, like, by default, we have like 20 or 30 columns of data like, from different data sources. We need to ex uh, experiment. Like, those data, the combined features, and create, create like, uh, new features. Like, actually, in the real case, we create over 1,000 of machine learning like, uh, features from the feature engineering based on this kind of data. And you need to use uh, model selection to predict, right? So we're using physical model first. Physical model, actually, uh, you, we could predict some of the basic uh, uh, outcome from the uh, uh, physical models. And then we apply machine learning model also. For example, like, you could use a gradient uh, decision tree to do, the, to do the prediction. You could try other uh, uh, models also. We try over 20 like, uh, uh, models and find out which one is the best to create uh, <coughs> a very good like, uh, performance or prediction. So you can see that from this, from data-driven applications, if we increase the accuracy from 80% to 86%, actually we can save over millions per wind farm per year. For digital transformation, we are not just focused on the legacy enterprise. We need to like, enable <coughs> When they enable, like for like, the innovation, the innovators also. Like for Sonnen, Sonnen is a German, is a German, is a German uh, company that uh, uh, focuses on uh, storage uh, for residents. So what they're doing is they need to uh, manage their devices. Like they have like over thousand, uh, hundreds of thousands of devices globally. Like in the past, they have like a problem to manage their devices, like with a good performance. With like, they also need to enable the business model for machine-to-machine -machine trading, for example, right? And uh, for uh, uh, to participate into new grid services. What we do is with them to enable them to have IoT platform to support this kind of innovator 
to create a reliable system and to enable their new business models also. So now they could respond to the grid, right? If I want to sell energy or a and, and reduce a load globally, or they can sell uh, energy to each other. The last one, the scenario I want to share with you is that, so for new business model for enterprise, we need to create new uh, income uh, revenue stream. So for CLP, CLP China Lighting Power is a leading power company in Hong Kong. Uh, so what they do is uh, they have reached reliability of over 99.9% uh, .9 of reliability already. But what they want to do is to create new business models, like with their customers. What we need to, we actually we enable them to transform themselves from just a grid operator to a smart city operator. What it does is that first we enable them to connect to their uh, uh, end users. Between the grid and the companies and the end users, normally, normally from your perspective, it's just a, just a bill, right? But now, enable smart home and smart building, they will be able to have a transparency into their customers' like, uh, devices. We also enable like, uh, smart building and, uh, and also uh, industrial park, like transparency, visibility to the grid also. Besides that, uh, so from here, from the grid operation, you have the transparency from the power generation to the consumption. You could have new business models. For example, you could give credit to anyone uh, could help you to reduce a load when your capacity is over the limit. So that's what the new business model called demand response, like all frequency response available in the grid system to with their customers. That will reduce the investment of their hardware and also improve the overall performance of their investment. Eventually, right, so what, uh, how uh, uh, enterprise is creating a new business model, now they, they, they need to connect to their supply, right, the power su uh, supply, and also connect to their demand also. The, in the middle is lots of constraints you could have. Like for example, the capacity, the pricing, and the uh, user feeling uh, of the user experience. All the constraints will be put into the entire system and to create a dynamic uh, computation uh, matrix for you to optimize the entire network with this kind of like intelligence. So this is really like real-time operational intelligence. You could balance the load between generation and, and the supply. You could uh, improve your overall throughput. You could like create new business models. And that's how CLP actually uh, arise from just a pure like a, a utility operator to you can manage like other utilities also, like for some light, uh, light uh, uh, street lights, light uh, EVs, uh, light security, uh, surveillance, right? All these have become like part of the entire ecosystem of CLP. Again, right, uh, so now we can see that like, we are not, not working alone. So we are working with like, lots of like, uh, partners all together to, for digital transformation. So we actually work with partners to create this platform and application to serve our customers. Uh, in, our, in, in, a, in a real case, like, we actually, like, for AutoGrid, is a leading like, utility company, uh, uh, security technology company like, uh, for utility companies. So actually, we provide benefits for AutoGrid right, to uh, get their, uh, for example, like, spread out their uh, market like, across, across the whole world. Because lots of companies already adopted like, our platform as underlying digital for digital transformation. So all the applications are on top of the platform. We will actually reach out to our customers easily. So that's how the for CLP case, like the auto grid will become the choice of the of demand response application, like for CLP. The second one is that we provide technical support for our partners. And uh, for example, like uh, training and, uh, and free like uh, trials and, uh, and usage of our platform. 
And actually, we, we are a huge company already at Enterprise. That's why we have a venture capital, like from uh, Evision. So we provide uh, yeah, venture capital, like we provide investment also for our like, partners. And uh, uh, from technical part, so we have like our own, like on top AWS, we provide a whole set of tooling also, like as a development, uh, development center. So from here, you could like connect to your all the devices, create device models, create applications, and deploy your applications. Like, and we actually, you could contribute application to the application store to allow people to pick uh, whatever in the store to serve their customers. So from, uh, uh, again, I, uh, uh, thanks for everyone to listen through like, uh, the, the talk. So what I want you to, uh, to uh, uh, remember like, from this talk is digital transformation is a must to have for enterprises. And besides the traditional one, IoT will, create you, will give you another opportunity for the next 10 years. And, and for IoT, so we need to focus on connectivity. We need to focus on the big data. We need to focus on how to create value from intelligence. We need to like, create synergy between data. And we also need to uh, focus on, and, uh, uh, focus on uh, security. But for all this, uh, all this, actually, you need a platform. You cannot do this uh, alone, basically. You've got to pick, uh, pick a technical excellence uh, to serve you better. So you, if you build everything from scratch, it takes a long time, just like Evision. We take a long time to build, build up this platform, but we want to open up this platform for our customer to use. That's why our goal is to uh, make sure that we open a platform and we also make it available for our partners and our developers to work on the platform to better serve the, our customers. Okay, thanks. And then next, we are coming back to the Kenny section to talk about how do we like, uh, do more transformation like, based on the, like, for example, uh, uh, HPC and, uh, and SAP and those applications we on top of the cloud. Thanks. Thanks, Colin. Uh, hello, everyone. Glad to see you join our session today. Um, I will talk about, I will introduce three topics, um, security model on AWS, uh, tips of expanding uh, on a to AWS Beijing region and the SAP migration user case. Um, uh, now, security and compliance is always a set first priority to any customer, especially to enterprise, right? So that's why I will talk about the security firstly. Um, as you can see, there are two storylines in this picture, security and compliance. AWS will help customers to build a security assessment, security strategy, and a security health check. And uh, there's many AWS services to help you to keep you safe and compliance. For example, we have AWS CloudTrail. That will automatically um, record all the service change. For example, you can, uh, this will give you a report to let you know who creates a who create an EC2 instance, who stop it, and who terminate it. Um, in this case, Evision wanting the data transparency. So they want, they want to know who creates the data, who changes the data, and who deletes the data. And Evision also needs to check whether the security policy is suitable on AWS. If no, what's the difference? And they also want to get the compliance certification that as they needed. So as you can see, AWS uh, can help customers to run the compliance assessment and the compliance jump start. 
And we also have many AWS service to help you. For example, AWS Artifact connect customer to download any compliance application that AWS got. And if you want to know the tra network traffic within the VPC, AWS VPC flow log can help you. And if you want to demonstrate the compliance, you may need to access the historical configurations of your resources. That AWS config will give you an overview of your resource. And the CAF means cloud adoption framework. CAF will help customers to understand how the cloud adoption to um, integrate with your, your current process. And uh, it will groups relate the stakeholders into six perspectives, which includes the business, the people, security, operation, governance, and platform. In short, enterprise customer can leverage AWS service to build a unified security and compliance model to keep you safe and compliance. And here's the roadmap of Evision's cloud journey. At 2013, they start to migrate some lab application or dev and testing environments such as the EOS to AWS. And at 2016, they start to migrate Citrix to AWS Beijing region. And during the three years, they also continuously migrate many internal enterprise applications. Five months later, they start to migrate SAP to AWS. I will introduce the detail how Evision migrate SAP to AWS and how Evision expands Citrix to AWS Beijing region. And they have planned all in cloud in future. It's, Evision is the first client to expand Citrix to AWS Beijing region. Why? Because they don't want to maintain any physical server. They don't want to worry about the security issues, the package updates, the tough operation tasks. They want the cost down. That's the reason. So I'm, I'm sure you can find many best practice that will teach you how to deploy Citrix on AWS. And as you know, there's two most common scenarios. In this project, we choose the hybrid extension model I'm not going to tell you the how to, to deploy the details. I want, what I'm going to show you is the lesson learned we've got in this project. The first tips is if you, you need to manually specify the EC2 endpoint when you initialize the DDC using the PowerShell, not the console. The reason is the Citrix don't support the console in AWS Beijing region. The second tips is please do not delete any default subnet or default VPC. In this project, we found a weird phenomenon. The EC2 instance can be automatically created by the Citrix, but they will be deleted a few seconds later. We double-checked all of our configurations many, many times, and everything is okay. And we also asked customers, do you delete the default VPC? They said no. Then we asked the Citrix for help. The only clue is the Citrix need to 
create a tiny EC2 instance within the default subnet within the initialized stage. So we come back and double check, and we ask the customer again, do you delete the default subnet? They said yes. So the root cause is someone deletes the default subnets and keeps the default VPC. So again, please do not delete any default VPC or default subnet at any time. But now, customers don't need to worry about this because AWS can support customers to rebuild the default VPC or, and the default subnet by themselves. Here's the architecture of eVisions SAP on AWS Beijing region. Um, the customer in the data center, they met the performance issue. They have to make a decision either to rebuild SAP in the data center or rebuild in AWS. After evaluations, they choose AWS. There are many reasons. Some of them are customer think AWS can provide a more powerful instance to improve the performance. And AWS is more stable compared with the data center and more convenience to upgrade the instance to run the maintenance and operation task. After three months, customers successfully migrate SAP to AWS. The key for this project is not just a lift and shift, it's an SAP transforming from the Windows platform to SUSE platform, SQL Server to Oracle. The partner is Handu, one of the biggest SAP partner in China. And we can see all of the, we can see the failure for every component. We use the AWS EC2 auto recovery feature to mitigate the single point risk. And we also use, Customer also periodically run the EC2 snapshot to backup the data and use a third party to backup the database log and store them to S3. And we also enable the S3 lifecycle to move the code data to Galatia. And we also use the DNS to fail over to different availability zones. And the, the key for this project is SAP migration to AWS is not a tough task. And you can find many usage information and how they migrate. Okay, here's a takeaway. Um, Colin also introduced the how what's the energy IoT platform and how they build on AWS and the, what's the benefit of it. Um, in my section, I also introduced the tips if you are interested to AWS Beijing region, and you want to migrate some core enterprise applications such as Citrix or SAP to AWS, you may be benefited from this session. And uh, if you want, uh, interest, if you are interested in this content, we can uh, discuss offline. Thanks. Yeah, thanks again for everyone to come in to join us. Like, this is the first one, so like, it's hard to, like, uh, so to Today, everyone stuck with us like, from the beginning to the end. So I hope right, digital transformation, I, I think for enterprise, is not an easy job, I just want to say. Envision like, has gone through like this for the past like, four years. We're starting from like, building our own platform and open up the platform 
And we also like focus on moving our applications from the internal cloud to the public cloud. So we, we learn a lot of information. We make the uh, platform available. So if anyone is interested in uh, talking to us more, how do we partner together, either create applications or using our application plus a platform to serve our customers, we are here to like, open for any questions later on after the, after the talk. So thanks again for everyone. Have a, have a good day and enjoy your, the rest of the day like with uh, the event. Thank you.